want to know how many of you, when you were growing up, your mom would say or do something and you would think, I will never say that to my child. I'll ne- you're laughing, you know you did. <laughs> I'll never do that to my child. And how many of you, you heard your mother's words coming out of your very mouth? Anybody want to raise their hand besides me? Yes, thank you for being honest. <laughs> you know, I heard about this lady that was in the grocery store. And she saw this little toddler at the checkout with his mother. And the toddler was throwing a tantrum. The mother didn't seem affected at all. She just looked at her little boy and said, Son, you might as well quit crying because you got 18 years with me. (laughs) You know, if we could just learn as mothers to not let our kids, you know, get under our skin. And trust me, I know that's easier said than done. But today we're going to talk about some things that will maybe give us wisdom as moms, as dads, as young people, as children, how to live the life God wants us to live, to be the best moms, the best parents, the best whoever we are for God's glory. Amen? We're going to pray. Father God, I step back in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to speak through me, Father God. Not one word more or one word less. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today, I'm going to be speaking from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Can somebody tell me what is that chapter known as? The love chapter. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Well, we're going to talk about that today. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1, if you want to open your Bibles there or your iPhones, your tablets, whatever you have. Chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love. By the way, I'm using the Amplified Version. But have not love for others growing out of God's love for me then I've become only a noisy gong or clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. And if I have the gift of prophecy and I speak a new message from God to the people and I understand all mysteries, possess all knowledge, and I have all sufficient faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it does me no good at all. Love endures with patience and serenity. Serenity is that calm, peaceful person. Love is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous or envious, not proud or arrogant. It is not rude or self-seeking. It's not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. Hello, somebody. It does not take into account a wrong endured. That means we don't need to hold on to grudges, y'all. We don't need to be thinking, well, my child or my daughter-in-law or my husband said, no, you need to let that go and walk in love and forgiveness. But that's for another message. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. 
remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. And now there remain faith, abiding trust in God, in His promises, hope, confident expectation of eternal salvation, love, unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. Now, if we look back to chapter 12, Paul is teaching us about spiritual gifts and he's telling us all about these gifts, but he ends the chapter by saying, and yet I will show you a still more excellent way. One of the choicest graces and the highest of them all, unselfish love. But in chapter 13, as we just read, Paul says, no matter what gifts you have and use, if you don't have love, you are basically an annoying distraction. Like a clanging cymbal. How annoying would that, if I, if the whole time I preached, if we just kept hearing that clanging, that pounding on the cymbals, y'all would be like, oh, would he please stop? That's so annoying. And we don't want to be, thank you, my brother. <laughs> we don't want to be like a clanging cymbal grating on people's nerves. We want to walk in that spirit of love. If you're taking notes, my first point this morning is what is love? Love is selflessness. It's not being selfish. Love is not jealous. Love is not envious. Love is kind. It's thoughtful. It's caring. It's putting others before yourself. Love doesn't complain when somebody else is blessed with a new car. Love is not jealous when somebody gets that brand new iPhone. Hello? It's not jealous when somebody, your friend, young people, get that new video game that you've been begging your parents for. And for some reason, they haven't gotten it for you. Maybe it's because you've not been behaving your little bad self. Just think about that. Love always wants what is best for others. Love puts the focus on others instead of on ourselves. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. This is talking about your spouse, your grandma, your auntie. It's talking about your children, your friends, your neighbors, your church friends. It's talking about those we meet in the grocery store. We need to be thinking of others better than ourselves. Oh, I know some of you are sitting there going, yeah, but that's not so easy. You know, I am preaching this message to me just as much as I am to you. I wish I could say, oh, I, I've got all this down. I love perfectly. But I would be lying like a rug if I said that. 
I struggle just like you. I'm flesh and blood just like you. And the Lord has been speaking to my heart as I've been preparing this message about how to be a better wife, how to be a better grandmother. By the way, we're so honored to have our precious Bethany with us for a week. She just graduated from high school and we kind of snuck her away and brought her down here to Florida with us. So we're glad you're here, Bethany. How to be a better friend, how to be a better pastor, how to be one that, that treats others that I meet in other places out of a place of love. I want people to see Jesus in me. But if I don't learn how to love the way Jesus tells us to love, they're not going to want what I have, right? So I want Jesus to be seen in me. Number two, how do we put on this kind of love? As a believer, it's a choice we must make every single day. We do it by spending time in God's word, studying his word, and applying his word. And talking with him throughout the day, every day. Pastor Jan, you mention this every time you preach. You bet it that I do and I will continue to do so. Because until we learn to spend time with Jesus every day, we're not going to become like him. We have to spend time reading the word, studying it and applying it. Well, that sounds good, but what does that look like practically every day? Well, it's different. Different strokes for different folks. But for me, this is what it looks like. I get up in the morning. I have my cup of black coffee. I have my oatmeal or or my smoothie or whatever I choose to have for breakfast that morning. I read the word of God. I have my notebook beside me. And when God speaks to my heart about something, I write it down. Because if you write it down, you're going to remember it more. So I write it down. Sometimes I will do something from the Bible app called YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. Free app. If you don't have it, you should get it. Because you might be sitting there going, well, Pastor Jan, I struggle with reading. Guess what? I have good news for you. The YouVersion app will actually read the Word of God to you. And you can follow it and really get it deep in your spirit. So that's a good thing. It also has devotions. If you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with finances, you're struggling with, I don't know, whatever you're struggling with, you can do a search in that app and probably find a good devotional that'll be anywhere from three to 20 days. And every day you will listen and read that devotional and apply it to your life. I also spend time talking with God. I either, I have three ways I do this and it depends on how I feel that day. Sometimes I will write my prayer out in my prayer journal. Sometimes I type it up on my computer and sometimes because it's only me at the house that time of morning, my husband's usually gone early to the church. I will put on my, my soft worship music and I will just walk around and praise God and give him my prayer list and I will thank him. For all that he's done and all that he's going to do. Can I tell you, my friend, there is power in prayer. When we believe God, we trust God, we live for God, we can take his word to the bank and know he's going to do it. That's one of the things I love to teach my precious grandchildren. You don't know how to do that? Ask God to show you 
to give you wisdom. And he will. And doesn't he do it, Bethany? He does. She's like, yeah. God is so good. So if you don't get anything else out of my message today, get this. Spend time with God on the daily. It's so crucial to your growing to be like Jesus. If you want to love the way God wants you to love, you got to spend time with him so that you can do that. Can I tell you, I'm just going to, can I tell on myself? Thank you. <laughs> My husband says, sure, go ahead. <laughs> when I don't have the proper amount of time with Jesus, now that looks different for everybody. For some people that may be 30 minutes, it may be 15 minutes, it may be 10 minutes, It may be an hour. I'm not here to tell you how long your time with Jesus has to be. I'm here to tell you, make sure you're doing it. But when I don't spend that proper time with Jesus, I get a little agitated. I get a little anxious. And it's harder for me to deal with little irritations in life. I have to spend time with Jesus so that I can be sweet and loving to people that get on my last nerve. Hello! (laughs) Am I the only one that people get on your last nerve? I don't think so. (laughs) But I have to spend that time with Jesus. See, you know, Pastor Tony, we were gone for almost two weeks on vacation. And I did spend time in the Word. And I did pray every day. But it wasn't the normal amount of time. It was more of a quick grab my little Jesus time than just sit down and really study. And it's not sin. God understands. We were on vacation. We were busy pretty much from morning till night. But by the end of vacation, I'm just going to be honest, things were really starting to get on my nerves. And I'm like, oh, wow, I need some serious Jesus time. You see, my mama always told me, you become like those you spend time with. She would say, Jan, I can tell you've been hanging out with so-and-so because you're acting just like her. And I would think, that don't make sense to me. I'm just me. Now that I'm an adult, I know exactly what she was talking about. And I can tell when I've been hanging around somebody that's griping and complaining, if I'm not careful, the next thing I'm doing is I'm griping and complaining. I'm glad none of y'all do that. If I'm hanging around negative Nellie, I hope nobody's name is Nellie in here. But if I'm hanging around negative Nellie, if I'm not careful, the next thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be negative about everything. If I'm hanging around somebody that nitpicks everything, I'm going to be nitpicking everything. That is something I have to really, I struggle with, is is I'm a perfectionist to a fault in some ways, not in every way. I know that, babe. But I'm I'm a perfectionist in certain areas to a fault. And sometimes I can nitpick and it's wrong. And I don't want to be a nitpicker. And I must take time with Jesus. Because here's the good news. If spending time with the wrong person can cause you to act wrong, spending time with Jesus can cause you to act like who? Who? Yes. That's good news. We need to spend time with him so that we can act the way he wants us to act. Amen? 
We can be that woman of God, that man of God, that young person, that boy or girl that God wants us to be. We've got to spend that time with Him. And that is the key to unselfishly loving others is studying the word and living the word becoming like Jesus. Number three, as a mother or grandmother, and this can go for any of you men or kids too, how do I show this God kind of love to my family? Well, again, it's a daily choice. You gotta choose every day and sometimes mamas and grandmamas it's minute by minute. Can I tell you if your child is getting on your last nerve and they're misbehaving and they're just acting all out of sorts and you're getting angry, do not deal with them while you're angry. You may need to put your child in time out, but mama sometimes we need to put ourselves in time out. Sometimes we need to say, you know what? Son, we're going to deal with this. But mama's feeling a little uptight right now. And if I deal with it now, I might beat the daylights out of you. And I don't want to do that. So know that we will have this conversation. But mama's putting herself in time out. I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to talk. I'm going to have some Jesus time. And then when I come out, we're going to deal with it. And I promise you, your child's going to have some Jesus time. They're going to be going, oh, dear God, please don't let her kill me. I know I prayed that prayer many times. Have your daddy be your pastor. I remember one time I was seven years old and we were in the brand new building. My dad and the men of the church. That's back, John Spence, that's back when men could build the church themselves. You know, and my dad and the men of our church had built this building. And it's before the 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 heating and air was put in. We just had this little heater. And I got cold. And my daddy was preaching. I went back and I stood back by the heater and it was feeling so good. Well, my best friend Julie decided, well, I think I'm cold too. And she came and she stood back there with me and we were warming ourselves. And we just started talking and laughing. My daddy said, Janice Elaine Leverett, sit with your mother right now. (laughs) You know, when he gave the altar call, I was the first one down at the altar going, oh dear God, don't let him kill me today. Anyway, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 24, he who withholds the rod of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him or daughter disciplines and trains him diligently and appropriately with wisdom and love. Remember, you get upset with your child and you need to discipline, walk away, calm down, then go back and discipline your child with love. Okay, how many children do we have in here? Are my kids listening? If you were under the age of 18, would you raise your hand? Come on, Laura, Sarah, y'all raise your hand. There you go. Y'all listen to me for a minute, okay? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, we are to honor and obey our parents. What did I just say, children? Honor and obey your parents. So when mama says empty the trash, are you to go, I gotta like to empty the trash. Is that what you're supposed to do? No. 
When mom says go clean your room, well, it's clean. And you know good and well you are lying like a rug. Don't be lying to your mama. Honor, respect her, respect your daddy. Do what they say. Obey them. This comes with a promise. If you will honor and obey your parents, you will have a long life. Honor and obey your parents. I'm going to tell you a story, children. Listen to me. When I was a teenager, one of my friends had gone to the prom and her mom told her, at my school, the kids after prom, they would also go to breakfast. They'd go out for breakfast after the prom late at night. And her mom told her, I'm going to let you go to the prom, but you are not to go to breakfast. You are to come straight home. Yes, mom, I'm coming home. I will, I will. Well, she gets to the prom. They have their fun. It's time for the prom to end, and it's time to go home. What do you think her friends said to her? Your mama will be asleep. She'll never know. You will get you home before she wakes up. You can slip in and crawl in bed and she'll never know. What do you think she did, guys? She went out for breakfast. You know what? She never made it to breakfast. She never made it home. She was killed in a car accident on the way to breakfast. Now, that's a very strong example, but I felt the Lord telling me, you you boys and girls, you need to understand the power of obeying your parents. It's not that your parents are trying to ruin your life, kids. It's that God is trying to protect you through your parents' wisdom. Now, mom and dad, pick and choose your battles. Don't be mean to your kids because it's inconvenient. But if if you know you should tell your child no, then lovingly tell them no and expect them to follow that, okay? That wasn't even in my notes. That was for free. We must teach our children love and respect by the way we treat our spouses, by the way we treat other people, by the way... We treat our children. Your children will learn more from your example than from your words. I told you, don't yell at your brother and your sister. Where did they learn it? Oops. If you're yelling at your kids, telling them not to yell, they're learning to yell by your example. You've got to learn to calm yourself down, mama. Now, I my kids are grown, but if they were here today, I, they could tell you there were times I lost my cool and I yelled at them. I wish I had not have, but there were times I did. I'm not proud of that. And if there's any mother in this house that's never yelled at your kids, you must have a newborn. But I'm just saying, guard how you talk to your kids. Guard how you talk to your spouse or your husband. Husband, how you talk to your wives. Because your kids are watching and they're going to follow your example. I don't care what you tell them. 
If you tell your child, you need to spend time reading the word and they never see you reading the word, do you think they're going to find it important? No. Don't send your kid to church. Take them to church. Let me, y'all are here. Don't send your kid to church. Take them to church. Be with them. It's important. And can I just get a little blunt here? Don't allow your culture to define how you treat other people or your children. Well, that's the way my culture does it. I don't care if your mama, your grandma, your great grandma, your great 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 grandma did it that way. You need to do what God says. We love and di- we discipline out of love, not out of anger. Did you like it as a child when your mama was screaming and yelling and beating you with the flip-flop? I don't think so. That was one of those things you thought in your mind. I'll never do that to my child. Moms, dads, be careful how you treat other people. Be careful how you treat your children. Be careful how you treat your grown children. That's something I have to work on. Making sure I'm not trying to tell my grown children how to live their lives. Mamas, your grown kids deserve to be grown. If they ask for your opinion, you better make sure they really want it (laughs) and give it to them. If they're not asking for your opinion, and this is the hardest thing for me, if they're not asking for it, You need to zip the lip and pray for God to show them what they need to see. Because if you're like, you better stop doing that. If you don't do that, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Our human nature is to do it more. Guard how you treat other people. Don't use your culture as an excuse or the way you were raised as an excuse to be mean, ugly, and rude. You know, kids, that would be a good time for y'all to say, Amen, come on, somebody. We must purposely choose to love people. We must purposely choose to love our children. We must purposely choose to stop justifying our own bad behavior. It's not your way or the highway. You want kids to love you when they leave your home? It doesn't need to be your way or the highway. It needs to be God's way, not my way. And if you're not sure what that looks like, read the word. Read the instruction manual, God's word. And if you need wisdom, We've got a lot of older moms, more mature, we'll say moms in this church. Make sure it's somebody that's going to give you godly wisdom. Not like you beat the tar out of that child. (laughs) That's not the kind of wisdom you need. You need wisdom of discipline your son, discipline your daughter with love. Amen. Number four. How do our children and grandchildren spell love? Can anybody spell it? 
That is how you spell love. But how, how do children and grandchildren really spell love? T-I-M-E. Time. God gave me an acronym last night for time or yesterday afternoon. T. Take time to really listen to me and play with me. Kids, you like that one? Somebody just looked at their mom and going, <laughs> T, take time to really listen to me and play with me. I, invest in me. Don't expect me to know how to do things. Show me how to do things. M, make me a priority in your life. Take me to church. Don't send me to church. Do the dishes with me. Help me with my homework. And we could go on and on and on. E, enjoy spending time with me. I will be grown and gone before you know it. Can I tell you, sweet young mamas out here, those of you online watching, I feel like I should be 32 years old. I remember when I was 32. Now I'm 42. And we're celebrating 42 years of marriage. He got me from the womb. (laughs) I'm 60 for those of you that are like, how old is she? (laughs) I shouldn't have gone there. I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. I remember holding my precious baby girls in my arms. I remember when they were learning to toddle, learning to walk. I remember kindergarten graduation, elementary school, middle school, high school, college. I remember 17, well, it'll be 18 years this August 3rd, sitting in the office in that other building, listening to my firstborn give birth to Bethany Elaine. And now Bethany is 17 and has already graduated from high school. Why am I saying these things, moms and dads? Because time goes so fast. Take time to listen to your children, your grandchildren. Take time to play with them. Oh, mama's too busy. Daddy's too busy. No, if you're too busy for your kids, can I tell you you're too busy? Spend time playing games. Spend time playing Barbies. I hated playing Barbies. Sorry, Misty and Bethany. Our other daughter's name is Bethany. I hated playing Barbies, but I did it. And I'm so glad I did. Teach your children how to wash the dishes. Don't tell them to do them. Show them by example. Sweetheart, this is how we wash them. You want to fill it after you wash that plate front and back. Make sure there's nothing sticking to it. Rinse it in hot water. Buy them dish gloves so they can use hot water. You know what I'm saying? But teach them how to do the things. Don't expect them to know how to sweep the floor if you never showed them how to sweep the floor. Don't expect them to know how to change the sheets on their bed if you didn't show them. Don't expect them to know how to do the laundry if you've not taught them how to do the laundry. 
Bethany spilled Greek, spilled bacon juice, grease, whatever you want to call it, on a dress she was wearing the other day. I said, baby girl, let me teach you how to get that bacon grease out of your dress. Did we get it out? You know how to do that now. Instead of just saying, oh, you, you need to be careful not to get bacon grease on your dress. Well, duh, she knows that. But I taught her. Y'all want to know my secret? Okay, three of you do, so I'll tell for y'all. Dawn, what is that? What is it? Power wash? This, the Dawn power wash bottle is, I keep a bottle under the sink in my kitchen. I keep a bottle in my laundry room because you spray that on as soon as you notice a, a food stain, gently rub it together and wash it. Don't put it in the dryer. Let it dry and make sure it got good. And if it didn't do it one more time and it took two times, but we got it out. So get you some power wash. Dawn, that is. All right. So many parents and grandparents think that working hard and providing the latest, greatest iPhone, the latest, greatest tennis shoes, the latest, greatest video game. Oh, well, my kids want the best of everything, so i got to work really hard, long hours so they can have it. But if they're not having time with you, those things don't mean anything. Your children want time with you. They want your love. They want your attention. They want your affection. And then sometimes, yes, get them the video game if it's a good one that's not teaching them bad things. Get them that iPhone if that's something in your budget and they're old enough to responsibly handle it and you put protection so they can't go somewhere they shouldn't go. Notice how I'm putting in all these little free things there. When we discipline our children in love and we spend time with them, they feel loved and they feel secure. You want your kids to feel secure, discipline them. Discipline them in love and spend time with them and they will feel so secure. Your, as you raise your own kids, you're teaching them by your example how they can raise their children. Do you want your grandchildren to be treated the way your kids are treated? Ooh, think about that. I wish I would have heard this sermon when I was a young mom. God's kind of love goes against our natural inclinations. The only way we can have this kind of love is to allow God to help us set aside our own desires and put others' needs before ourselves and without expecting something in return. It's easier said than done, but by God's grace and God's help, we can do this. Love should play out in our actions. Unselfish love for others growing out of our love for God and his love for us. One of the ways we can do this is make a determination every day. God, by your grace, I'm going to try to leave every person I come into contact with better than how I found them. Maybe by giving them a smile. Maybe a hug. Maybe a kind word. Your words, I'm not going to preach a message on this right now, but another time, your words are containers of power. Your words will influence others in a good way or in a bad way. Make sure your words are speaking life over those you come in contact with, your children, your husband, your wife, 
people at the grocery store, whoever it is, speak life. As I had just finished wrapping up this message yesterday, a friend of mine, another pastor's wife and pastor friend of mine, sent me a text with this message in it. And I told her, wow, this just came as I finished my message and I'm going to end my message with it tomorrow. So thank you, Darlene McCarty, for this. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.1 Life is full of ups and downs, good times and bad, easy seasons and hard ones, but nothing is a shock to God. His plans are always perfect, including blessing us with our mother and roles as a mother. And because of that, we can have confidence in the call to parent the children God gave us. Don't let feelings of inadequacy or guilt keep you from being the beautiful, wonderful, capable, and fully qualified woman of God he designed you to be. Don't let criticism from a spouse the struggle of co-parenting, hard seasons of life, mistakes children may make, or your own self-condemning thoughts, steal the joy of being the mom your kids desperately need. Have confidence in the abilities God gave you, the calling on your life as a mom. Did you know that's a calling? God called you to be a mom? And lean into him on the toughest days of parenting. If you're struggling for any reason today and you're doubting your ability as a mom, your value as a mom, hear this. God has faith in your ability to parent the children he gave you. Have faith in yourself. God knew the struggles you would make. He even knows the mistakes you're going to make. Yet he still made you the mom of your children. You are the only one, the best one for the job of raising your children. You are the one whose unconditional love is powerful for them. You are the one God called to guide them through every season, easy and difficult in their lives. To simply love them with your whole heart even on the hardest of days. Mama, you are enough. You are enough. I did not, as I've already alluded to, I did not do everything perfect as a mom. If I could go back and change some things, I would. But here's what I can tell you. Be encouraged. Because God knew I would make some mistakes. And yet he loved me. And he chose me to be the mom of my precious daughters. God knows sometimes you're going to make mistakes. But he chose you to be the mama of your precious children. God loves you so much. And he has great plans for you, your children, your grandchildren. He has such great plans for every one of you. 
Maybe your kids are grown. Maybe your grandkids are grown. Don't allow the guilt of your past to hold you back from being the amazing woman of God He wants you to be today. Maybe you yelled at your kids like sometimes I did. Maybe you said some mean, hateful things. If you've never apologized to your children for that, today is the day. Call them on the phone if you can't see them face to face and tell them, son, daughter, sometimes I messed up as a mom. Sometimes I yelled. Sometimes I said things I shouldn't say. And I want you to know I love you so much. Would you please forgive me for the times I didn't do right by you? And then let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't allow the enemy to keep whispering in your mind, oh, you were such a bad mom. You probably did the best you knew how at the time. So kids, when your mama's or your daddy's mess up, give them some grace because they're learning just like you are. Would everybody stand to your feet? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Maybe some of you are hurting this morning. Maybe this is a tough, tough Mother's Day for you. It's my second Mother's Day without my mom. I know what that feels like. Maybe you're struggling with another issue. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's for any man in this room, any woman, any boy, any girl, any teenager. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ, that's the first step to make. Asking Him to come into your heart, be the Lord of your life, forgive you of your sins, because the Bible says we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God is the greatest Father you will ever have. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's a relationship issue. And you just need prayer today. Would our elders and Pastor Tim, would y'all come forward? If any of our prayer partners are available and you want to come forward, get ready to pray with those that need prayer today. We won't hold you long. But if you need prayer for any reason whatsoever... Would you begin to make your way down? I'm going to join Pastor down here as our worship team and Pastor Nate begin to lead us in a worship song. If you want prayer, join us. Amen. What a great challenge from God's word to be more like Jesus for mothers, but for all of us. I encourage you to take those things that God spoke and laid on your heart and begin to put them into practice. But also to rejoice that God loves us and God is going to work in and through us in all of our relationships, in our family, and wherever we go. Let me just pray for God's help for me and for you too, all right? Father God, we love you. We thank you for this time that we've had together in this place. We thank you for your presence with us. 
We thank you, Lord, for the relationships that we have with one another, but especially within our families. Lord, that none of them are perfect. And God, we desperately and definitely need your help. But God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us. And Lord, that it would not become a word of condemnation, but just a motivation to do what you speak to us to do so that we can be more like Jesus in our world and in our relationships. God, I pray a special blessing on every one of our women and especially the mothers today as we celebrate Mother's Day together. Father, we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Greet one another, fellowship together as you leave this place today.